0: chicken
1: chicken all right listeners it's with a heavy heart that we introduce PillPod episode 113 zizek has been summoned to appear before the woke council who shall decide his fate and whether or not he shall be canceled and we we are the woke council in fact three three cishet males and to be fair, I did actually attempt to reach out to the trans lobby and to the black woke elite to sit on the sentencing council with us. But unfortunately, <laughs> I was unable to find their contact information. Isn't that weird?
2: There was no comment. <laughs> hey, well, I'm Latinx, so that'll have to do. Okay.
1: <laughs> Three cishead males. <laughs> one of them two white. two and a half white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> M- uh, exactly. uh, yeah, they're they're too busy operating in the shadows and pulling all the strings. Uh,
0: I'm motioned to change Victor to white for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: transracialism. Can't do that. So just in case you're about to turn off this reactionary podcast episode, um, the trans lobby and the black woke elite are two, uh, what, what do you call, it? interest groups that are terrorizing us, apparently, according to... Wait for it. Slavoj Zizek. Yes, you heard that right. Um, Victor, could you uh, please for us read the crimes against the accused? (laughs) Yeah,
2: so I would say that Zizek is accused of being a reactionary, dog whistling, two reactionaries. Um, I would say maybe he's charged with being some kind of a counter-revolutionary. And I would say worst of all, he's charged with transphobia.
0: And becoming Jordan Peterson.
2: And maybe becoming yeah, maybe becoming Jordan Peterson sympathetic.
1: It's the dialectic. This is the the closure of the dialectic. He debated exactly. him in order to become him. <laughs>
2: um and I would also say that he he might be also charged with misrepresenting
1: facts. Is he parroting right wing talking points? Well, he's never had a problem with facts before, right? <laughs> We've had our discussions in the past about why we like Zizek, but whoever it was who wrote this article, uh, I'll go out and say it was dog shit. Feel free to disagree, but his name is on the top, and maybe I'm getting duped by some uh, high-level, ironic doublespeak, but I fact-check many of these stories in less than five minutes, and no surprise, they're half-truths. And like true Hegelians, we can announce that every truth is in fact a partial truth, except that Zizek interprets all of his own partial truths in exactly the same way Jordan Peterson would, as an existential threat to reasonable, rational discourse.
2: What were the facts? I'm curious, because I didn't have a chance to fact check. The only thing that I fact checked was the thing about the rapist. And that seemed to be true, but I wasn't sure.
0: Yeah, you offered a number of
2: examples here. One of them was... I still think general, even if the, even, like, to be clear, even if that is a true fact, I still would agree that using it in this way might have been problematic, but it seemed to be, like, the claim about the person who got charged as a rapist and then right before their sentencing, I think, decided to transition a woman. Like, that, as far as I could tell, that's true.
1: Uh, No. It's not? Well, it's true. There's where the half-truth comes in. She was remanded to a woman's prison, but sentenced to a male prison. Yeah, after protests, no. Yeah, I think there there's some protests. So. Well, this the Scottish system, as I understand it, only from, you know, four minutes of Googling, but they deal with it on a case-by-case basis, whereas both conservatives and Zizek are saying the second you say, I'm a woman, you get immediately put into a woman's prison, which is not at all the case. Oh, okay. And so having done, not- having done their fact or their case by case analysis or whatever, I don't know if the protests changed what they would have done, but, uh, she is in a men's prison.
2: Right. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I, I think Zizek, I mean, doesn't he say that though, that she is in a, a man's prison?
1: after protests. Yeah. So yes, yeah. the protests happened, but it's also implying that it was because of the protest. Oh, it's also okay. implying so that's the part. It's also implying that whatever the what's the head person of of Scotland called, the First Minister uh, I think? Sturgeon? Yeah. Sturgeon apparently resigned because of this, and I don't think there's there's factual basis for that either. But in any case, I don't want to go over Fact-checking in every case, not really our area of expertise. Our area of expertise is adjudicating who should be canceled or not. So. <laughs> our
2: self-appointed role. I mean, I
1: think, don't the facts bear on that, though? Of course not. We're theorists.
2: <laughs> well. I mean, I, I'm genuinely curious because like, I just didn't have a chance to do a lot of robust fact-checking. So I know that a lot of people were saying that there were some, on Twitter, that there were factual errors with it. And it seems like at least there were definitely like a number of things that were kind of like misrepresented truths so like facts that start that like initially seem right but when you look into them a little bit more like i think the thing about the tavistock clinic for example like the reason for it being shut down i think was misrepresented in the article right and made it seem like the reason it was shut down was because of i guess abuses or lawsuits
1: and i think maybe that wasn't entirely true well, I know they did go through one lawsuit, but also he claims that they were they were just running preteens through the puberty blocker mill, despite the fact that uh, the clinic is NHS or single payer funded. So they were just they were only doing it for money. But would you need to do it for money? Again, well, I'm, not, I clear. Would say that I'm not clear on how it works there because there's certainly financial incentives in dishing out treatments, because we have single payer here. And that's kind of the case, but was that the case? Right. I, I was going to. I did see unclear. that.
2: I did see that as well. And I will say that, like, it seems a little silly to be like, "Well, if it's single payer, then there's no financial incentive." I mean, that's obviously dumb. Like, I mean, any any public healthcare system is going to be subject to neoliberalism. So, there's clearly going to be financial incentives, but behind trying to extract as much money from publicly funded healthcare systems as possible—that's obvious. Any thinking person should know that. So like uh, however, I don't think because I don't think because something is a single payer healthcare care system, there's no financial incentives at
1: play. That's clearly false. However, he presents it as they're giving puberty blockers to 13 year olds because because of the financial incentive and only for that reason. Probably a stretch. Yeah, probably a stretch.
0: I, maybe maybe I'm going to be a little bit boring here and say, you know, these the fact checking here. You know, it's not doesn't matter. (laughs) It's missing the point. Yeah. The whole article. (laughs) Which I mean, okay, look at the title. The title is wokeness is here to stay. (laughs) The first line is a response to an earlier article that says wokeness is on the wane. (laughs) He says, no, it's here to stay. Okay. So maybe I've been grading a little too much lately, but I smell a thesis statement that people are fact checking facts, not looking at what points he's marshaling these examples towards making, and then just claiming, oh, he's wrong. And, And then all these other things, I don't, I don't know. I'm not reacting with. The social media sphere, like we're all sitting in the same theater watching the same room. I have a little bit of trouble, you know, going around gathering people's reactions together because they're so dispersed. But I have a feeling that people are reading things into this article that are not being claimed (laughs) and calling Zizek a reactionary or a transphobe for what he's saying here. Well, dude, he said right wing.
1: He said trans lobby. Okay. So, And the trans lobby when you when you cite the or when you click the link that he uses as a source right before this is from the fucking telegraph that the trans lobby is cowing doctors. The telegraph, a right wing rag that also I clicked on the link and right advertised to me right below this one was wish you were taller, you might be a psychopath. So anyway. Well there's
0: (laughs) well there's one thing. You know, okay, so I asked myself, I heard that, and I asked myself, what the fuck is a trans lobby? <laughs> what is a trans lobby, and is there such a thing? Because people seem to take such, um, I don't know, they, they they took so much offense to this little term, trans lobby. So I was looking it up, and you know, there are charities and non-profit organizations that work with trans issues, and bring in lots and lots of money okay so is that what he's talking about maybe it's not the trans lobby but okay there's a group called stonewall.org it's a charity it was started one of the founders is Ian McKellen (laughs) okay there's another one called kaleidoscope trust (laughs) that's another one there's another one called National Center for transgender equality in the states that they've had some controversies they are also a transgender Activist nonprofit organization. I mean, there, so to my mind, there are such things as trans lobbies. And what is a lobby? A lobby is a group of
2: people trying to collect money to further their goals. There's clearly people. They
0: lobby the government. They lobby the government in order to influence public policy. That's the problem. And the question, I mean, that's not the problem. That's what they do. And the question, potential problem is, are they unduly influencing public policy towards a minority in a population, right? Are they able to push through legislation like it's no different than an oil lobby or a gun lobby? Well, it's a little different. It's just a lobby lobby and a gun
2: lobby. But I mean is there is there evidence in their status of being a lobby, is there there evidence no difference. That the reason why like Scotland adopted self identification as its standard is that is there evidence that the results of lobbying efforts? Yeah, there's a whole – there's a whole thing over the – there's a
0: whole dispute. I mean I got this from a website called Sex Matters. So, I mean it seems like they've made their choice on the sex gender thing. So take whatever you want from that. But they were pointing out that a recent parliamentary decision was released. I don't know if I can go into too much detail about it, but basically – and I don't really know all these different terms in, in in British politics either. But they found that this this public document that was published was unduly influenced, or they they were not transparent about the groups, the non government groups they were working with, and it caused a huge stink. And the House of Lords had many uh had many uh um, pundit harumphing, um, but I mean. There are groups out there that have money and lobby for these
1: issues. Yeah. So what's the main and argument rather, for
2: why using that term is problematic? That's what I'm saying. Is it just that's because is it just dang, because reactionaries use to it? Exist.
1: Just like you just did. No, you put them right next to gun lobby, which is what, what billions, billions of dollars, and oil lobby tens of billions of dollars and you go oh these are equal because they're all lobbyist groups
2: well i don't think that eric said anything about them being equal right i mean no it, it's, i know he didn't but that's it's the impli- actually it's the it's,
1: implication this is why i'm saying we're speaking in half truths
2: but isn't that isn't that kind of eric's point here that people are reading into it a bunch of claims that maybe aren't <laughs> that there not right making, so like exactly. so they're saying, oh my god he said this that's kind of similar to reactionaries therefore he must be a reactionary <laughs> like that's really dumb and an anti-intellectual
0: I mean the line is, for one thing, clinicians are cowed by the trans lobby, which interprets skepticism regarding puberty blockers as a conservative attempt to make it more difficult for trans individuals to actualize their sexual identity. That's the line it appears in. I don't see anything. I mean, maybe with the trans lobby, maybe he should have said there are many (laughs) lobby groups that work on LGBTQ plus and trans issues. (laughs) Maybe his language here is not as careful as it should be, but I don't see the fact of using a noun as opening the doors to all of this other nonsense. Yeah. Does about, he have to
2: hold our hands every time and be like, oh, but I'm not saying they're the same as at the gun lobby. I'm not saying they're the same. Do we? Does he have to hold our hands in every fucking yeah, thing it's that like, he says?
0: You have to predict what your readers going to, what conclusions they're going to jump to, and then and then write a whole like footnote about like, but please don't misunderstand me on this point. Like, I don't know. It again, it just feels like reading into it. He just said that word, and people took umbrage, and rightly so. <laughs> Um, and then I looked it up and there are, in fact, groups. I, I have no idea about this stuff, by the way. So don't don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to say there is a the trans lobby. It's not,
2: to, he's not even making right? any that's claims. how
0: you influence public policy. If you want to do something good, like help people realize their identities. OK, fine. Yeah. You get a lobby group together and you lobby the government for public policy that relieves whatever systematic violence is being, you know, downloaded onto your group. No, <laughs> the just amount, to really make hold on. Amount- just hold on. Just to hold on, hold on.
2: Just to make it really explicit for the dumb people listening. Eric is not <laughs> saying that he agree or that he disagrees with the efforts of these groups that are trying to to make trans rights to actualize trans rights. He is simply saying, well, there might be some factual basis to the claim. But he said nothing about whether he agrees or disagrees with those groups. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm not saying that they're, I'm not making a moral claim that they're just as, they're not reprehensible like the fucking oil lobby. I would rather the oil lobby didn't exist. Exactly. And (laughs) he might- I know very little about them and the issues they stand for sound good to me. Exactly. Except that there's these little controversies that pop up and they're complicated and I don't
1: understand them. (laughs) The amount of power, the amount of money, all of this is underwritten by this, oh, we have a lobby group that's decided on governmental and specifically clinical decisions that makes a huge difference and you're saying oh you're being too dumb to realize that there is a difference here and everyone should go do the fact checking for themselves you know they're not everyone who who had a part in writing this article or editing it also knows there isn't so you know there's a power differential at play when you speak of a lobby group as if it's equivalent to a gun lobby united states gun lobby or an oil lobby anywhere else okay of
2: course well no no one including zizek said they're equivalent sure they're not yeah, he they're does not...
1: the whole article Where? is about the trans lobby and how sure, they are not... keeping us asleep so that we can get on in, in capitalism well like, okay, that's going to sure. be your target you As... could have any target and this is the article that you want to put out Sorry, let me hedge further.
0: As as lobby groups, they are all equally lobby groups, but they are not equally <laughs> powerful. Equal, <laughs> yeah, they're like. And- that's what that's what that's all. That I seems mean. Ob- that and seems so like an obvious lobby point groups. They are equally lobby groups, but they're not equal in power and influence. Right. You got Exxon Mobil money behind you, then clearly you're going to be more powerful than any other fucking lobby group. Right? Yeah,
2: just like just like the Marxist Leninist Party of Canada is equally a party to the Conservative Party of Canada, but they have very different
1: amounts of power. I know what you mean, yeah. and I know what you're saying. Yeah, the NDP is equally a party. Do we party, have to? Do we have not, to? Is our audience is so? Not, <laughs> yes, we do. This is a half truth. This so, is but what I say. But this is. But don't. I, it's I guess not a half truth. They're you can't cowing read
0: into it more than is there. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. even call that's it their, a half-truth. Even
1: if that's <laughs> there, the fact that they're cowing clinicians, citation needed. And yeah, I, understand, exactly. I understand why you're objecting to me, but articles do not suddenly exist in a vacuum. Yeah.
0: Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that, too. <laughs> That's I why I had to too. go look it up, because That I don't was a know. stretch
2: to me, too, that he's claiming that there's, like, specific pressure on clinicians. Seems like a stretch to me. I, I, I don't I know about
0: it, and a good chunk of the reaction focused on it, so I felt the need to look it up. Because why is this, I think, like... 50% of the condemnation of this article I've been hearing about is from this like one throwaway noun.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, I and think- I I don't. I, I, I don't, again, like I just, I've been marking a lot of article <laughs> essays lately and I'm like, it just seems to me that people don't know how to read an essay anymore. You could look <laughs> oh. for the thesis, look for the points that each paragraph is making and look at what evidence is being marshaled towards those points and don't read things into it that aren't there. I mean, very simple things God, about can, reading- a
2: piece. Uh, when this I is don't remember the last wide... time I've agreed with Eric so much. I agree with him so much on this. It's crazy. When
1: there is a wide body of literature that uses exactly the same points in exactly the same order in exactly the same way, then you can say, you can't really honestly blame the reader for not reading into something. Uh, you kind of can. You kind of can.
2: You kind of can. So I think okay, there's like well, a I'm really... sorry
1: that we don't live in a completely rational society. But no, no. I'm I, not saying. We, before we focus on these details any longer, whew, I have a conspiracy theory that I would like to air out. And I don't well, want but But don't you think I, I, I just want to
2: say one thing quickly about I know about, you about do. That.
1: And I know what okay. it is. <laughs> we should expect everyone in society to be more rational people are overreacting
2: what i'm gonna say say, i mean to some extent yes that's part of the point but the other point is just that i am sorry like i understand that normal people aren't like this but i am an intellectual this podcast is a podcast of uh, intellectuals and from an intellectual perspective i'm sorry but like you don't just read things into things, uh, an intellectual from an intellectual perspective, you don't just say, Oh, this argument kind of reminds me of a reactionary argument. Therefore it's reactionary. That's not true intellectual effort. So like, I'm sorry, just because it's like that. I understand why people are reacting that way. I, I get that, but I, w- I would hope that we
1: hold ourselves to a higher standard. How admirable, but rhymes, rhyme, and this rhymes. That's all I'm going to say. Can I present my conspiracy theory to you? Please, and I think I agree with you on this, actually, if I know where you're going with it. Um, I don't want to be mistaken, as probably you can already tell from my tone. I don't want to be mistaken for writing defense for Zizek because he's my personal hero or some shit like that because he's not. But that said, whoever wrote this article... I think, makes a pretty blatant error on the Lacanian theory side of this article, and one that is at odds with most of Zizek's own writing on Lacan. I don't know what he's been writing lately, because the last book I read was, uh, oh, fuck. What was that Hegel book? The black one. A recent book? Less Than Nothing. Less Than Nothing. Oh, Less Than Nothing. I think it was 2016. Anyway, Can you
0: reference the cover, the color of the cover of the book.:
1: Look, I'm a visual person. OK? OK.
0: <laughs> the, the black.
1: So book. let me present my, the black. Book. Let me present <laughs> my case at least, because the big other does not exist is kind of the thing that everybody knows about Lacan and Lacanian theory. It's a signifier that can't signify anything. It's a lack. And you subjectively, to be a subject, you confer the big other with meaning, right? But it holds a place in the subject. It's not a person. It's not your dad anymore. That was Freud. It's a floating signifier. Now, here's what's fucking weird. This makes no sense. The author of this article says, when he's talking about uh, the the Telluride situation, he says that the big other in the Telluride situation is the Telluride administration and that the awokened black elite have terrorized the big other which is the institutional admin or or whomever. Now, that makes absolutely no sense because the admin cannot be the big other, and Zizek, I think, would know that because I checked it. Um, here, let me get this open. This is what Zizek says about the big other. And I'm sorry, I'm going to quote at length. It'll be annoying, but I want to draw a contrast between the way that he talks about the big other, at least in his old work, compared to the way he talks about the big other in this, in this article. Um, today, it is commonplace that the Lacanian subject is divided, crossed out, identical to a lack in a signifying chain. However, the most radical dimension of Lacanian theory lies not in recognizing this fact, but in realizing the big other, the symbolic order itself, is also barred, crossed out, by a fundamental impossibility structured around an impossible or traumatic kernel around a central lack now none of this should be new we know this stuff without this lack in the other the other would be a closed structure and the only possibility open to the subject would be his radical alienation in the other so it is precisely this lack in the other which enables the subject to achieve a kind of de-alienation called by Lacan separation not in the sense that the subject experiences that now he is separated uh, forever from the object by the barrier of language, but the object is separated from the other itself, that the other hasn't got it, hasn't got the answer. That is to say, it is in itself blocked and desiring. That there is also the desire of the other. Again, another famous Lacanian formulation. This Lack in the other gives the subject, so to speak, a breathing space. It enables him to avoid the total alienation in the signifier, not by filling out his lack, by allowing him sorry, but by allowing him to identify himself, his own lack with the lack of the other. So Zizek wrote this. The other's not real. It's the functioning of the symbolic and the sub the subconscious experience of, you know, first of all, your own lack, but then the lack of the other gives you that sort of de-alienation you know the other is not closed and fundamentally cannot be closed so i'm suggesting if that's the structure of the symbolic how could you ever ever confuse the other with a capital a with the actual administration of a university department that would be impossible right hmm well i i i I got a, I get, yeah, I get that sense.
0: The the big other is is like the symbolic field, and I I don't know. I imagine that the administrative authority of Telluride is 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 the the shaper of that symbolic field in this particular situation. They're they're the ones whose demands are being heard in a certain way.
1: Right, right? now that makes sense with only one of the references because he goes on to say that the black woke activists. Are terrorizing the big other. Hmm. So, what you're, they're terrorizing the symbolic order that you project to oversee your own desire? Because that's impossible. Because that isn't real. First of all, it isn't real. And second, it oversees the split in the subject himself. And this is not like a little side bit from Zizek's writing either. It's in every book. It's the reason he's academically famous, at least before he was YouTube famous, was for. Mixing this Lacanian subject with the neo-Marxist or uh, uh, Althusserian notion of ideology, like he would not get this wrong, unless there's something very wrong with him. On well, the other hand, on the other hand, let me say this. On the other hand, it is a very or a common misconception of Lacan and Žižek, and I know because my audience brings it up all the time, and I correct it when they're like, "Yeah, Google's the big other." No, there is no big other it's a function not a thing and if zizek wrote this either he forgot his own oeuvre which would be very fucking scary and we should be very worried about him um, because he no longer knows his own formulation that he's famous for or this was ghostwritten. written or it was written by ChatGPT, gpt <laughs> and then he agreed for some reason to put on his name on it without reading it carefully so i don't know but I would like some, I, I wish we had some verification that he wrote this. The rest of it doesn't really feel very Zizek, but there's no, I don't have like evidence to put on that. But the fact that he made that what I think is an error or just like a, maybe he was simplifying for the audience. I don't know, but it seems like something huge to get wrong if he wrote this himself.
2: You know what? That makes me think that because I'm looking at that paragraph right now, and it's like in brackets. It says the Telluride Administration Authority. In this case, that feels like it could be an editorial decision, like they added that someone it in. was like that they edited in. They're like, I want you to connect this rhetoric back to the article that you're talking about. You should, you should say, even though the editor doesn't understand the point, like the psychoanalytic point he's making, and he's like, like the fact that it's in parentheses is interesting to me i don't know
1: is there anything else in parentheses that's sus
2: well i mean i don't know i'd have to look over it again but that was that that was interesting because i'm looking at the paragraph you're talking about where he actually says the big other corresponds to the teller administration and it's just interesting because i could imagine this paragraph without those parentheses um let's see and maybe it would be different
1: one paragraph later he goes this superego structure then which is freudian fine whatever he does do freudian i don't know why you would deviate though from lacan if you're going to start with lacan because lacan would be you're you're doing you're doing jouissance by feeling the guilt like it makes you feel better and more comforted yeah. to put yourself into guilt than having this yeah, super that's ego the surplus thing. enjoyment it, why so what's that's the superego for that's true He's saying that other people are doing this to you. The whole point is that people do it to themselves.
0: I guess the superego names the psychological mechanism through which this occurs, surplus enjoyment, is when i actually say you know i am nothing or like you know i'm white so i'm i'm just obviously racist and complicit in the system that's that's me now i'm getting super egoic kind of i'm getting surplus enjoyment from positioning myself in that way because then it goes on to allow me to say the things i want to say anyway and it makes no difference all right it's The surplus enjoyment coming out of me excoriating myself, which is what these sort of Silicon Valley self-help kind of uh, racist workshops do for for white business leaders. Right. It puts them in a position where they can respond to the demands of the superego. They can experience their surplus enjoyment by positioning themselves in that way, then they can go back to their businesses and contribute to this restructuring of the symbolic field of the big other. (laughs) Maybe the Telluride administrative authority had had one of those um, those, uh, I am racist workshops come through recently. I don't know, but those things seem like, again, separate different parts of very similar things, but you know, big other, superego, all those things are different. It doesn't make
1: sense for someone else to terrorize the symbolic order itself, though. I don't get it.
0: It's the explanation of how a minority can impose its views, how the LGBTQ+, trans, black elite, all these words he's using here. It's like because he's saying that these are minority positions, that how do they have an impact on the overall, say, humanist liberal culture that's...
1: You're you're adding all this. He just says the Telluride administration is the the symbolic order. In parentheses.
0: I'm just taking things from other parts of this article. They're in there. But this explanation here, I think it works for those other things too. He just happens again. The the example he's currently discussing happens to be he's gone back to the, uh, what is it? Was it Vincent Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah. Vincent Lloyd, the Telluride Group. That's why he's saying it. And that's why he's applying these terms to this situation. But it equally goes for the other examples.
1: Now, so we have the claim that wokeness is a religious cult, and I don't know what we think about this. Well, yes, it is a, a religious cult. Yeah. If you pick all of the worst examples of wokeism, then yes. And look. I wanted to stress this to the listeners we know these people and we probably know more of them better than you do by virtue of doing a humanities uh graduate degree because they do run their workshops and they do pretty much everything that zizek claims they do which is make a bunch of impossible and contradictory rules that are about you know identity politics and at the extreme end it does get insane cuz some of them are very loud and they see microaggressions in every shadow and we know these people but they are not most people and they are not running and they are not True. running the show in the university either because the show is run by sunshine list bureaucrats who give university building contracts to their cousins so we could give a whole bunch of personal anecdotes that would validate this argument that says Woke extremists are annoying, but they are loud exceptions. Even if you enter the the dreaded gender studies department, like I mean that ironically okay, so- the premises of this article though are all based on very loud, cherry picked exceptions to say that the radical left is out of control.
2: Okay, so I I, I think I agree with you, and this this is like the very you you basically articulated what I think is like the main response that kind of leftists make to the whole problem of so-called problem of wokeness and cancel culture. They're kind of like, well, either it doesn't really exist or it's like way less of a problem than you actually think it is. Like that's kind of the standard response. I think that response misses something important. Well, I agree with you and I have been around. I think what's missed in that response is I think it is clearly having a real effect on society. That, that That is, that very small minority is having a real effect on society. And I think the way that we can articulate that effect is I think that, and I've noticed this anecdotally from talking to people, it does have a chilling effect on people who are kind of in the middle, like the majority of people who are kind of like, well, I don't really care about this. And it has an effect in this way. I know there are a lot of people who will kind of... Say things like, oh, that claim that those people are making or like that claim that this activist group is making kind of doesn't really make sense to me. But I don't want to seem like I'm against like leftism. I don't want to seem like I'm reactionary. So I'm just going to stay quiet. And I think there are a lot of people who kind of don't really agree with some of these cultural. I don't know. Or or they at least have questions about it where they'll be like, I'd rather just say nothing then argue about it because ultimately I don't really care. So the effect of that is something that behavioral economists would call belief falsification, where you have people who kind of aren't really being upfront about what they actually think because they don't want to take the chance that they'll be, that they'll be penalized for saying something that isn't in the kind of woke ethos. Um, There's this guy on Twitter that I saw, Etai Shur. I think he articulated it really well when he was like, you know, everyone says that it doesn't really exist. But the real problem is just that when you impose penalties or there could be potential penalties where you'll have kind of a mob behavior reaction to it. Um, people there might be some people who'll be willing to pay that penalty, but a lot of people won't, right? So they'd rather just not risk saying anything that could potentially be seemed be uh seem like it would be um, you know, against something. And yeah that still functions even if the actual people who have the crazy beliefs are a super small minority if they're loud enough it's going to have that effect
0: yeah and what i see each 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 of these examples he's giving People are reading these like saying, look how – like like you even you just said pills. Like look how out of control the radical left is. That's not what he's saying here. Yeah, exactly. if, if anything, Zizek is the radical left, right? And he calls wokeness – he says wokeness deserves our criticism together with its opposite, new populism and religious fundamentalism. It's another one of these things that deserves our criticism. Again, the thesis of this article is wokeness is not on the wane. It is here to stay. It is being normalized. And this is why it deserves our criticism together with these other things, the opposites, the obscenity of new populism and religious fundamentalism. Right? He's not giving these examples to show, look how out of control wokeness is. He gives these examples to make a very specific point after each of them. He just said, you know, okay, the point about the religious aspect. He makes a transition from the trans lobby point. Here's his transitional phrase, as if interest group agitation, which is a synonym for the trans lobby thing he was just talking about, as if interest group agitation and the compulsions of capital, which he's saying are married together here in this previous example, the compulsions of capitalism and trans lobby groups now as if that weren't enough wokeness can also draw upon reserves of religious strength and then he's going to give another example of this speech that happened at london's goldsmiths college where somebody was talking about in front of a, f- of a feminist society and some Muslim students and the Muslim students decried the speaker and the feminists sided with the Muslims. And then he concludes wokeness operates as a secularized religious dogma with all the contradictions it impl- implies because the form of his sort of this example, I guess feminism now is standing for wokeness. There's a lot of avatars <laughs> there. The formally they're similar the two discourses are formally similar in the last example where he was talking about the um, the workshop he was saying the forms were different the seminar that the 12 carefully chosen youngsters were in was of a different form than this person right wrote their book in right he's that's why he's saying seminar and workshop are formally distinct and they got their wires crossed here we see the formal relationship between religious fundamentalism on the one side and wokeness on the other side that's what he's showing with this new point but again like it's like then people are reading these examples taking them out of context and making making zizek use them to say something he's not actually saying that's the th- only thing like i'm again i'm not fucking defending him here i'm just
2: really what you're saying is read the text deeply. carefully
0: <laughs> that's, not a, that's what i'm saying i'm like don't like yeah I don't want to be a fucking drag on people, right? React to things however the fuck you want to react to things. I don't give a shit, but I mean, this is, this we're- is also people's lives. Yeah, we haven't met Zizek. He's really just like he's basically like a, a Greek God to us. We've never met him, probably never will, but he is a real person. And as are other people on the Internet who get quote unquote canceled. And so if you're going to, you know, you if you're just gonna condemn, have to realize the knock-on effects of your of your misreadings of things, that's what I want to say uh, broadly.
2: you can <laughs> but, you can um, have a problem with the with the factual errors he makes. And I do have a problem. I found that first paragraph or section or whatever. I felt like uh, I was uneasy with with the way that he was phrasing things. I didn't like it. I thought he went a little bit too far. but oh, his overall point, I think, and look, I understand that there are people who are going to react to this who aren't intellectuals we went to school we are doing our phds finished our phds we're in the business of reading texts and i think eric is here defending the value and the care of what we do which is read texts carefully
0: oh there's my surplus enjoyment i'm not an intellectual i'm stupid i'm stupid i just try hard that's the secret to that's the secret to looking smart is just trying hard you don't need to be smart You just need to try hard. That's all. (laughs) And I'm trying hard to understand what he's trying to say in this article and then try to like sort of, I don't know, correlate it with some of the reaction I've caught since this article's been published. And they seem to me... You know, okay, here's a huge figure like Zizek. They are often targeted by cancel and they can, you know, they can, they can weather it. But, you know, people who aren't Zizek cannot weather it. <laughs> if we get canceled for this, <laughs> we will not be able to weather it and we will lose our nice little, uh, we'll lose our nice little side project. <laughs> okay. But I mean, that's, that's the thing. If you, if you misread somebody's work and then you put the ideas out there and they cannot handle the backlash, then you've just, done something immoral, basically, <laughs> right? And if they can't handle it, well, then fine. That's just all fun and games, right? Until somebody goes broke because they got canceled. All the new movement now, brokeness, right? Now, now you can't be woke <laughs> anymore because you're just fucking broke, and that doesn't matter.
1: I don't think this is even an overreaction because he's very contented. These are cherry-picked examples. We've already only been through two of them, which have a lot to be desired even in the fact that he brings them up but he just jumps from that one to the next one then it's the feminists and then it's the the woke black elite and if you're feed brained enough to just see these examples on your timeline think that these are the things worthy of response then of course you're going to think this is way out of control that's just a basic perceptual fact that if that's what you see that's what you'll think the world is. And if you want to claim this figures as the the decay of Western culture, which a right wing article would do exactly the same in exactly the same order, with a slightly different conclusion, then you're a dupe. And only reacting to that is 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 dupish because it's a spectacleized distraction from the real problem with universities. Zizek is laying all of this at this this unnamed grad student in an article that ran the workshops as the real problem with universities. And wokeness is keeping us asleep. As opposed to the university, if we're going to do some, uh, you know, quote unquote material analysis, the university run by hand picked institutional bureaucrats who capitalize and profit off of education, don't give a shit about happen- what happens in a seminar room, whether someone gets... Kicked out of their seminar for being uh for for doing microaggressions as long as everyone's paying their tuition. So why 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 is that not the article? Why don't we look Mm -hmm. at that instead of being afraid of the terrorist religious woke cult, which is now like he's he's reacting, he's reacting to a Twitter timeline. I bet he doesn't have Twitter, but this is a a a Twitter reaction. Yeah, I I
0: agree. If you want to go, if you want to find an example of the quote. Worst combination of politically correct badgering with the brutal calculation of financial interests go to your local university and look up the board of governors and there you will find it <laughs> politically correct badgering this school is green this school's inclusive and multicultural with brutal calculation of financial interests surprise it's a fucking degree mill and these people are connected with construction and whatever other <laughs> government construction connected yeah okay i i agree with that <laughs> maybe this article should have been about that but unfortunately, he uses that in the Tavistock <laughs> example of the of this clinic, as opposed to at a university. But it works there too, I think. Politically correct, well, works better probably in the university and financial interests. Yeah, the worst I mean, combination. As it, and then, which he also restates as interest group agitation, compulsions of capital coming together to form a horrible child, which is shaping public policy. Unfortunately, well, I, I
2: will say something that maybe. You'll have to cut out, but (laughs) I I do feel that like, I was going to say this before on the, on the point about the trans lobby or whatever. Like I agree it's, it's, it's the implication of it. Like reading between the lines sounds bad. And like, when you're just talking about money, like obviously it's ridiculous, but I think there is such a thing as cultural power that exists. And I think that there's a really, I think it's a pretty smart analysis that when you look at kind of the polarization, especially in the, in the United States, where you have a bunch of right wingers who are really mad at the left because they say the left has all the power and the left is really mad at the right because they're like, well, you have all the power. But if you look at it, it's actually kind of convincing to say that the right in the states has all the political power, right, They control the Supreme Court, that like the system is skewed to for them to win. But then when you look at cultural power, like Hollywood, like the music industry, like that is all kind of like whatever you could call like woke adjacent, like the cultural power is being defined by the left. And the one example that I found really interesting was the reaction to Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy special, which I didn't think was that bad, but... What I thought was most interesting was like Dave Chappelle and all these comedians have been saying bad shit about women, about black people. Like they're they're making jokes at the expense of women. But it's like the moment you make a joke about trans people, there is like an outsized reaction. And I think that, that it is just, in my opinion, true that for whatever reason, the trans issue has a kind of cultural veto power that other disadvantaged groups don't seem to have. And if you actually listen to Dave Chappelle's special... That's the point he's actually making in the special. He's kind of saying like, hey, when I was, I'm a black person, I never got to just tell people that they were racist and that they would get canceled. But for some reason, the trans issue does have a cultural veto power. That you say anything that is like adjacently critical of the way that trans issues are kind of proceeding. There's, it's a kind of lightning rod that talking about other disadvantaged groups isn't. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not sympathetic with the struggles of all of these groups equally. I still think you can be sympathetic to the struggles of all these groups equally and still kind of notice, oh, one of them seems to have a kind of cultural veto power. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. And I do think that
1: there is more for some reason on the trans side of things. Okay. Now that you've made your point, um, do you want that cut out or do you want to leave it in? It depends on how you guys think it sounded. Okay, so my response is the other more, the other worst line in this article was that like giving hormone blockers is uh just across the board woke capitalism, right? And the reason I think specifically this is more sensitive especially at the moment, like aside from just being accused of being groomers every day, is that He's extending in this article, especially in the first half, this fantasy that trans people have this seamless access to healthcare and people are just fucking choosing to transition on any given Friday because they feel like it. So that's clearly not true. This yet. is supposed to be along the lines of the argument, which is his like psychoanalytic argument. It goes back to the 90s that sexual identity is, and, and like identity generally, it's lack, it's not like a thing. And it's supposed to be confusing to go through puberty. And it's because there's ultimately not a kernel at the center of the subject that says, um, you know, M or F on it. I'm
2: really this. Yeah.
1: But while he's dueling with the phantasm of gender identity, he just extends, in my mind, the reactionary fantasy that gender is merely a matter of whim for transgender people. That it's equivalent to a consumer choice. So this theoretical, Wait, this theoretical says argument that's what it's not. made at exactly the wrong time because of what's going on legislatively in both uh, Britain and, and the United States right now. And I struggle to imagine anyone who knows any trans person would put that on paper, like now. I mean, damn. I guess the, theor- the theoretical argument is that what you're rebelling against, you're rebelling against your birth gender, which is merely producing surplus enjoyment and even if you want to couch that argument he couches it in, in in just total ignorance suggesting that the capitalist system has made it possible for trans people to just transition wherever they feel like it or to put off gender assignment by paying for it instead of the fact that they have to pay a much higher cost than any other medical thing not necessarily monetary cost but you have to run through an obstacle course of approvals to get it treated in the first place. And why the fuck is he saying this? It's too easy to transition. It's a consumer choice. It's too easy. We have to make it harder right now. Cause that's what the fucking right wing legislators are doing every day. Yeah,
2: no, that's so- really bad. And I think, like, I do think that there's, like, especially right now in the States with kind of like making laws that a doctor can't decide you know even if a doctor thinks it's it's appropriate that like you can't give children like yeah that's all super fucked well,
1: up well the ca- the doctors totally are is. all just part of the system that's all that's the only thing he says about doctors doctors are i mean they're i they're mean serving capitalism that's it they don't know anything i mean they're, they're they don't know anything I, mean, I sitting on my fucking phone here know
2: everything i mean yes i also think it would be silly to say that there's not an incentive there though like so
1: there's an incentive that for every mean... fucking medical treatment. Yeah, but of course, but we get the... of course.
0: Well,
2: he's, yeah, he's talking course. about kids uh, with the, pe- the puberty blocker
0: thing. Yeah, right? he is talking he's about ta- kids with the puberty blockers. He's talking blockers. about children. And the way, again, this example, the point he's making with it is, you know, puberty blockers are being... Like, this is just even... This is almost a logical argument, and the example is an illustration of the point, right? So the point is... <laughs> Well, the illustration I, i'll start with tavistock right is giving troubled youngsters and autistic youth and and other people like can i just stop you for one to delay maturation. my favorite
2: my favorite twitter response to the article was uh someone said like the most shocking thing about this article is the amount of times that zizek refers to children as youngsters yeah,
0: uh, autistic and troubled youngsters yeah It's weird who, who may have okay so they, they may be identif- maybe diagnosed with gender dysphoria may be diagnosed with uncertainty about their sexuality which is considered you know in this diagnosis this is considered m- what m- maladaptive this is considered abnormal right and what he's saying is no <laughs> this is not good not not this isn't bad just because puberty blockers could have you know hor- horrific effects later on down the road this is bad because quote there is nothing abnormal in sexual confusion <laughs> what we call sexual maturation is long complex and mostly a- an unconscious process full of violent tensions reversals blah 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 the point is you- giving puberty blockers on the assumption that you just need a little more time to decide what your sexual identity is is Like, just that whole thing is is just that's not grounded on a fallacy. not the the board. And, and you do fucking know And that. a
1: misunderstanding of what Look, sexual maturation is. I'm going to be responsible with my claims because I don't have a good understanding on different countries, trans healthcare, though in well, certain I don't th- circumstances. First of all, I don't
2: think that Eric's making that claim. I wasn't Eric, saying Eric, all it, clinics are Eric doing Eric is
1: this. just saying that
2: that's what Zizek is saying. He's not saying yeah. that that's what he believes. He's saying that that's this is what point. Zizek is saying.
0: There is nothing abnormal in sexual confusion. So why are you giving kids you're calling sexually confused puberty blockers? That's his fucking point. It's not that everyone's doing this. Tavistock is just the tip of the iceberg. We should look into this. That's not his fucking point. You're taking the example out of context and using it towards an argument
1: that Zizek is not making. He's <laughs> That's, using again, the example. is my point. He's using the example. Sorry. He's using the example to generalize. His other point that your sexual identity is a matter of whim and everyone's just changing it too fast.
0: No, he's not. Again, he didn't say that because his first example, here's a quote, the point here is that there's no easy solution because sexual identity is in itself not a simple form of identity but a complex dimension full of inconsistency, something that can no way be established by a direct reference to how we listen, feel. Listen you know why that rapist was just changing genders and getting put in a women's prison? Because, because there's this big other logic where you declare what you feel you are and you are registered as what you want to be. He's Again, he's pushing back against that and saying... No, you can't establish your identity with direct reference to how you feel. It is not a consumer choice thing. That's, again, that the first example is meant to establish that point. The second example is to say there is nothing abnormal in sexual confusion. It is not gender dysphoria. It is not abnormal. Development. It is normal for everyone to have these questions long into your adulthood. And we should not be giving puberty blockers to people who have a little bit of confusion about whether they wanna declare themselves this or that or play with this and that toy or have this and that career that's normally associated with and a certain again, identity. Right? The citation be
1: needed because many not- gender clinics across the West, doctors feel compelled to an- adopt an unquestioningly affirmative approach. That's his premise, which is never questioned, And he goes with it to, more than half of Tavistock's income came from the treatment of youngster sexual troubles. In short, what we have here is the worst combination of politically correct badgering with the brutal calculation of financial interests. The use of puberty blockers, not specific puberty blockers, not individual cases where they're required. No, the use of puberty blockers is yet another case of woke capitalism. So you can be as charitable as you want to it, but the words are still there. This is a financial interest situation to him. The reason that it is woke capitalism is because it's a consumer choice to him. I
2: I definitely had issues with that framing, but I still think that if you take up the context of the broader article, like Eric is doing, I think ultimately his bigger point is articulated by what Eric was saying. Yes, I think that those lines and like I said I like I said from the beginning I had issues with that first section. Uh there were conne- there were implicit connections made about the power of certain groups, about the influence that these clinics are having. Um yeah, and I, so I would agree that I have an issue with that and I but I also agree with Eric that it's not actually that important to the main argument he's making.
1: Well, no, he, it is. Yeah, that's he says what, this, that's what he I'm uses thinking. the premise unquestioning affirmative approach, which is just to say that it's too easy to be trans. Trans lobby got everyone out there being trans on Friday and transing back on Monday. Honestly, I don't even I don't even know what to say.
0: I think he's just saying doctors aren't even gonna, uh, doctors aren't going to push back against that. That's I think that's all yeah. he's really saying with Doctors that, like, are just woke you capitalists. You just sit back and too. you think doctors know what they're talking about.
1: Citation needed for what point? Doctors though? feel the compelled. The point is that doctors are, like are not to be trusted on this because doctors are all in the pocket of big trans.
0: But that doesn't, you know, that's not a premise for the point that it's, there's nothing abnormal in sexual confusion. Yeah.
1: Who the fuck is Zizek, and the Zizek whole to say this?
0: Puberty blocker. It's a
1: medical issue.
0: A psycho, a psychoanalyst. That's who it is. A Lacanian psychoanalyst a who's written about can deal sexual with this without identity. Without
1: Zizek interjecting himself into this conversation. Because anecdotally, I know it can be a humiliating Difficult, long, wasted, unafford, long, waitlisted, and unaffordable process. But Zizek is just so sure. Then, in whatever he calls the West, it's just too easy. You, you, you we got our trans listeners hope, out there, and I hope they're hearing this. Your problem is you just have it way too easy. Do you think that's I really think what he's what saying? about I
0: don't, I don't think he's saying it's too easy. I think he's saying, you know. Okay, maybe I don't think he's saying this, but whether or not you put you put put or remove barriers in front of things like this, in front of things like puberty blockers, you think they're bad. Okay, put up barriers, put up barriers, think they're good. Remove the barriers, remove the barriers, making it easier. Either option is premised on a wrong headed notion of sexual identity. That's the point. Not that, you know, the, okay, there, maybe there's some sub points in fact checking about how widespread this practice is among doctors. I don't know why the fuck that's even important for this argument, but apparently it is. How widespread is this practice? Is Tavistock just the tip of the iceberg? Why aren't doctors getting involved in stopping this horrible stuff? Doctors don't give a shit. <laughs> These clinics that are half in the private sector don't give a shit. It's... Like I don't know. I like the point to me seems like he's making a point again about sexual identity from his Lacanian perspective. I also got you a citation a point about the widespreadness of this practice.
2: You kept saying citation needed. I just like did a quick Google search. I got like a WebMD article from 2021 that's questioning some of the same things that Zizek is questioning. And I don't know. I don't know enough about WebMD, but my understanding is it's not like a, an anti-trans. No, the citation biased.
1: I need is that doctors are cowed. Is his word or they're living in widespread fear so they just give everybody everything that they ask for in every case
2: well here's here's it says leading experts on transgender medicine are accusing trans activists of muffling their concerns about the quality of evaluations of adolescents and young adults with gender dysphoria that's the first line yeah i mean i mean i don't know it's webmd yeah. maybe webmd is some kind of an anti-trans reactionary group oh, it's possible i don't know God, enough that's just dude. from a quick
1: google search I just, you kept saying excitation, needed, so I decided to do a quick Google search. I'm not saying you should first, trust first, trans first activists on every prescription. I'm also saying you should not trust a Sylvanian psychoanalyst on every prescription. What I'm saying is if there's anyone to trust, then it would be the doctors. And he just said, doctors are all compromised by capitalism. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's such a, I don't think it's, it
0: is such a stretch that, you know, like you can request medication. You can request it like beyond what the doctor, like I can go in and get my dose of my ADD meds or my depression meds or whatever. I can go and get my doses up just for asking for it. And okay, maybe that's okay with when it comes to those kind of psychological things. Maybe, Maybe, I don't know, I could overdo it. But with puberty blockers, you don't want that to be a just ask situation, but I don't find it. Unbelievable that many clinic clinics, especially in our sort of current healthcare situation, would be open to, you know. Just the whole idea of yeah, yeah, like we'll just give them whatever they ask for, you know, I get the money from the drug companies for that, <laughs> just like you know vets, you know, you can be a huge and and dog if I say representative no representative and go and get vets to sell your dog food for money, and
2: right? if I like, say no, there might be like activists on Twitter who are gonna try to cancel me for not being affirmative and accepting like that I'm just saying like that that social power. I think the it does exist.
1: There's no one that has yeah. Google alerts set to whenever a depressed person does something. That that this now needs to become a legislative, or in this case, now this needs to be a theoretical issue. This is a theoretical issue. This, I mean, again, a
0: depressed. De-
1: it's not easy to be trans medically, legally now, especially or socially. Totally agree and this is made into even currently right now this is made into a theoretical debate about you know what's fundamentally a medical decision and then also a legal and a social circumstance i don't i don't even know what to say this is this i mean is i think look lives, I, I do think that there's and if, whether this... you want to debate the reality of sexual identity from a lacanian perspective go fucking do it somewhere else
2: Okay, that's... Okay, like, I'm sorry, but I just, like, so strongly Uh, disagree with you. Hold on, hold on. We came to him, to be fair. (laughs) I, I... Look, I just... This is, like, a line that really pisses me off sometimes when people are, like, trying to stop people from debating things. I'm sorry, like, we are people who study philosophy. We study theory. What we do is debate and think about stuff. And the idea that something... All the things we debate affect people's lives. There's tons of things that we debate that affect people's lives. And to be like, no, this issue, I'm sorry, is like affects this group of people's lives too much that we can't talk about it or we can't raise questions about it just seems like not like anti-intellectual and like not really like living up to the values that I care about.
1: Well, you know what, man? Fuck it. On this point, I (laughs) am anti-intellectual and honestly... I need a fucking break.
2: <laughs> I don't know how this episode is going, but I almost feel like maybe we're not going to be able to release it. Uh, maybe. I mean, I want to look at
1: like
0: for my assessment, it would be, you know, from from what I've seen the cri- the critique and the fa- of from the fact-checking angle is like the line he says here, puberty blockers were administered to almost all children for sent for assessment at tavistock
2: apparently that wasn't exactly true that was one thing that i saw fact checked that it's i read that that wasn't true exactly
0: yeah exactly but then okay but then the second question then is is like okay well if that that's an inaccuracy in an example in a fact he's presenting to what degree does that undermine the point he's making along the way Like, that's why I keep asking the questions about, like, okay, yeah, like, the fact-checking, the example's great. Like, okay, yeah, you've given, like, some ammunition to right-wingers who want to take this shit out of context and use it to make a totally different point. Like, that's that's their decision. They're taking the point that Zizek is making off and putting their own point on it, which is going to be something awful exactly and, we, and, and again that's the argument well we can't you know do leftist theory because in 10 years right-wingers are just going to pick it up and use it to fucking mind fuck us and into for deeper into capitalism or something like that right like that's not a good argument
2: yeah exactly and this is actually it's funny the second paragraph in this WebMD article is like uh well clinicians who have raised the warning flag say that the health of young people is their primary concern activists worry that open questioning of the situation will fuel anti-trans legislation further stigmatizing trans youth and like I think that's exactly the dynamic that kind of stifles discussion and I get that I'm actually sympathetic to that I think the laws that are being passed in the United States to like stop like people stop doctors from being able to prescribe these things is like super fucked up it's like if your doctor thinks that this is appropriate like they should be able to do that but what I hate is just like that you can't raise questions about it, that you can't be like, hmm, does this make sense? That the moment you do that, you're just going to be labeled as uh, like transphobic or anti-trans. Like, but but I, so I get it. Um, but I think that like if there are people who have some concerns about these things, I guess to me it just seems like a legitimate line of questioning. Uh, I think it's possible to be like, maybe people who want to debate this uh, can debate this while at the same time being pro trans rights. I think you should be that I think that should be like a an intellectually possible position to have.
0: Yeah, like I I really you know, like, I don't want these things to be a problem. Yeah. (laughs) And and the, the worst thought in my head is that if, if I bring up a topic, am I going to be creating grief for someone who this matters to while I'm doing my armchair thing over here? Am I going to be creating problems for people or am I going to be making it easier for people who do want to cause problems to like jump in and open up and run the, run with the debate. And then like, create this politicized issue where a where a, a section of the population is then put under fire like i would hate myself if i perpetuated that kind of stuff yeah same but i mean the problem is you know the social media 21st century these conversations are going on all the time whether you take part in them or not (laughs) right like me adding my voice to this debate is not really gonna create problems for people I wish people would just stop talking about this stuff and just like accept the fact that there's no problems here (laughs) you know like yeah we need universal health (laughs) care you know that would help everybody that's not a that's not a trans issue that's not a race issue that would just help everyone yeah (laughs) right having like equal representation in the politics right like that I don't know there's there's a lot of things a lot of emancipatory ideas that could help everybody but you know when people come to these trans issues they're like well I don't want my system funding these operations that's like Ugh, Jesus fuck that's so selfish i can't believe that line of argument yeah of course so like you think that making these things covered by government funding is going to make everyone suddenly run out and, and get like sexual transition surgery that's insane obviously like no, we legalized weed in canada i'm sure the level of pot-headedness did not fucking go up everyone who was a pothead before is still a pothead <laughs> and maybe some people who are weed curious are now smoking a little more weed than they did before. It's not, it's such a slippery slope argument when you do that. I hate it. I hate it, but yeah, um, I don't but, know. They but, are important issues and they need to, be I mean, disgusting. to go back
2: to, know. to go back to like Zizek's claim about, you know, the fact that everyone is a bit confused sexually, like to be more critical of him, I suppose you could say that, you know, is it really the same? Like, like is everyone equally sexually confused? Like, I think that's clearly not true. Right. So I think like I think, well, there's a grain of truth to the idea that everyone's sexual development is everyone's sexual development is confusing. There are often ambiguities and reversals. But I think it would also be weird to just say it's the same for everyone. It's not the same for everyone. Like clearly, clearly people who have symptoms associated with gender dysphoria, it's going to be a lot different level it's going to be a different magnitude of confusion so i don't think it's necessarily right to just equate those things that everyone has those same um although maybe we maybe what he's saying is that the structure of sexual development is similar for all of us it's just that certain reversals or confusions are more magnified for some
1: okay i'm back oh no, l- triggered triggered podcast host walks out of the room
2: yeah, he had to take a little walk. He had to take walks out of the room because he was so shocked by all of our transphobia over here that he just like, needed to take <laughs> walk because he's such a white knight who's here to defend the trans, the trans people from our transphobia.
1: And I'm an anti-intellectual. <laughs> I just want to go out on the, the smallest little limb and suggest that trans people want to be able to go to their doctor and get their meds and just not be trending every other fucking day because conservatives have trans on their google alerts so that anytime any trans person is anything it becomes a trending topic on whether or not they should exist or not how about that how about i that? mean i
0: agree with oh you oh my the... god wait wait till uh wait till post-production that's you like a, that's an i extremely... just said before you got back i pretty much exactly yeah, said just ex- that we should have universal health care that that's exactly
1: the... i'm gonna leave stuff. it all in because i broke character so that's an interesting that's
2: exactly that's exactly the claim that everyone should agree with and i think everyone does agree with now, I'm sure that, you know, the like Zizek would probably say or maybe the conservative would say, like, I'm not I'm talking about children, that maybe there's something specific about children. And look, there is actually like a question there about, you know, if children aren't allowed to make a bunch of decisions, why are they allowed to make this decision? I mean, that doesn't seem like an unreasonable question to ask.
1: No, Doctors are making this decision, but doctors yeah. are being cowed.
2: Well, no, no. But actually, a lot of the that's not. So, yes, doctors are making recommendations, but ultimately, I'm pretty sure in Canada and I think in the UK situation, like children could make the decision without their parents consent. Right. Whereas most other decisions that children have to make, their parents have to consent to it. I mean, some people make decisions when they're young
0: and they're happy with them for their whole lives. Of course. And I'm jealous of that because I know if I would make a big decision like this, I would hate my younger self for locking me into this path. But that's just me. I don't even have tattoos. I too. I can't commit to any fucking shit. So that's me. But other people, it works for them. But I don't know. I don't I'm know. sure this a lot of people, about- it
2: saves their lives and, it's, and, it, and it makes them so. I mean, it's just...
0: I but think this thing about cowing doctors and the giving puberty blockers to anyone who just fucking strolls in and asks for them. A, I don't think that's actually happening. I don't know how widespread that is. All the stuff Pills was saying earlier. But
1: can we get to the Lacan bit at the end? Is that okay?
2: I don't know if we should release this episode. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get canceled hard for this. <laughs>
1: This is the big other talking.
2: (laughs) By the trans lobby.
1: (laughs) So the Lacanian argument, he brings up, what is this from? Uh, Seminar 10 or 11. There's a Freud story about a dad. Sorry, it's been a while since I read it, so I hope I get this right. The dad feels responsible for his son's death. He falls asleep next to the son's body. I think it's like an infant, um, and a fire starts in the house, and the father is dreaming, and in the dream, the child is burning alive and says, Father, can't you see I'm burning? And the Lacanian interpretation of this- And then the
0: father wakes up to discover that the coffin is in fact on fire.
1: But yeah, the, the idea of it is the dream The dream is the the imaginary, and the dream incorporates the real, what's happening, the the part of the house is on fire, but it incorporates the real in in a different sense in order to allow the sleep to continue. But then in the dream, when the dream gets too close to the real because he feels responsible for his son's death and his son says, can't you see I'm burning? Then the dream becomes too real, so then he wakes up to reality. And Zizek's argument here is that uh wokeness is actually a sleepness allowing the status quo to exist because people get off by being morally superior than everyone else. So as long as you're morally superior, you get off. Yeah. And then that avoids uh any any real status quo change. So you're staving off the real by being woke and doing your land acknowledgements and canceling your microaggression profs and that's what's happening here and uh, whatever he calls real racism and sexism um that's not dealt with i guess the people that don't get to be involved in the quote unquote discourse they get they get left
2: what do you mean by that
1: (laughs) well if they're not part if they're not part of the university system or the the social media system where these arguments are getting made then they don't get they're, like, they're the people with the real issues, whereas the uh, the woke black elite, they don't have real issues. They're just making issues, and then everyone's cowing to them in order to feel guilt, because their guilt feels like they're paying for their internal crimes.
2: I don't think that that's the argument here. I, I don't think that that's right. I, don't, I think that he would say... I don't think that the people... even. I think he would say that the woke who are falling for this kind of dogmatic approach to anti-racism or whatever. I don't think that his claim is they're not experiencing real racism. I'm pretty sure he would say they are. I think his critique is with the way that the, that addressing the racism is being the imperative for how to react to it is the woke part. It's not the, the fact that their, their experience of racism isn't real. It's the problem of how to address it, which isn't going to help.
1: I was saying that, Here's a lot. I'll just read it. It's exactly the same with much of the ongoing woke movement. The woke awaken us to racism and sexism precisely to enable us to go on sleeping. They show us certain realities so that we can go on ignoring the true roots and depth of our racial and sexual traumas. Oh, okay. Which is okay. That last line. Fuck it. I can make exactly the same argument about anti-wokeness. Anti-wokeness focuses on its exceptional images and it's cherry-picked examples and it's google alerts of the of the latest weirdo who also happens to be trans and then using that particular weirdo to demonstrate that trans people shouldn't be accommodated and at best they're all nuts oh, of and course, it worstly represents the downfall of civilization yeah. which is of course not zizek's argument but the same oh no no i mean
2: but i think it's zizek just... would agree with that he would say that that's exactly the same thing like that the structure they're both self they're both like um uh reciprocally interacting reciprocally nourishing structures like the anti-woke and the woke are two sides of the same coin
1: so do you think this article being released publicly um it's been retweeted by jordan peterson for example do you think this is waking people up or allowing people to continue sleeping ideologically
0: i don't i think the the I think he problematizes that binary. <laughs> Wokeness stands for its opposite. <laughs> That's what he's saying there. And then he gives that strange explanation. I mean, I guess not strange if you've read Freud's interpretation of dreams and you're used to it. I'm not used to it.
1: Well, part but, part of the know. reason I'm so frustrated by this is that the people that he is, I mean, the, the form of this and the form of a ben shapiro segment is that conservatives spend more time talking about trans people than even trans people to talk about trans people and why it's so that every one of their fungus brained viewers focuses on that instead of the fact that their real income has been declining since the 70s so as long as you can get something mad about something else then you will avoid the real i mean isn't that true yeah i agree with that i
2: mean that's that's i think also what's happening on i mean the Rea- whatever reality you want to call woke side too like i mean i think there's a lot of stuff like like i always think about this this whole push to try to change the names of streets or change the names of things and it's like i'm i always just think like w- couldn't we just use the money that's spent to change the signs and go and i don't know for example like fix the water system in indigenous reserves like why are we like and and for these symbolic gestures that are just like on the level of kind of culture war nonsense when we could actually go make a difference to actual people's lives who are who are experiencing injustice
0: because yeah, then politics gets in the way, and nobody can do anything
1: look you've been saying this the whole time. Look at this article in a vacuum. It was written last week it's not in a vacuum. why don't you fix the water in an indigenous community because it would change people's lives? Laws are being <laughs> written with the intended effect of preventing trans people from existing in public or from getting meds. Now, Zizek's not an idiot. He knew this would cause a reaction. He's been trying to make reactions for a long time. And what he's rhyming with here, don't change your gender too quick because everyone has identity problems. Slow this shit down. And then knowingly, him entering the media image exchange war. Who does this protect and who does it harm? Now, this is a renewed topic for debate. People's medicine is a topic for debate. You know what changes then? Fucking nothing. So, writing this article is nothing more than keeping people asleep. Simply because now it's a topic for political debate. This article is the fucking NyQuil. Blame everything on wokeism? No, this article Is that NyQuil? Yeah, I mean, but I think so. Well, that's why I wanted to, because, you know, that's why I wanted
0: to focus on the article. Because if you just do the psychoanalytic free association thing and follow your signifying chains, then it will be an interminable debate and there will be no basis for anybody to say you've missed the point no you've missed the point how do you know well i was just free associating so what am i what what am i going to present to you no i'm just looking at the points he's making and the overall argument (laughs) that's that's why i took that tack because i knew it would be interminable if we just read into this whatever we feel like we want to read into it then it's going to be forever and then nothing's going to get done you know he says he says dude that was the goal it's not an idiot. He says the people who are caving in. He says the people who are submitting to woke demands really are guilty in participating in social domination. But the fact of their giving in to woke demands is a way out of that guilt, right? You you take on the guilt and then it enables you to go on exploiting and perpetuating the system of domination, right? That's the that's what he's just said. And then he says wokeness stands for its opposite you know the dream got too real reality is the place we go to escape the real that's what it is he was sleeping but, and it became too real he encountered the unbearably traumatic character of his son burning in a coffin and he suddenly woke up and he he went to reality to escape the real right It's always, you're always running away from it, not facing it. I don't know. I don't know what the point, I don't know how you traverse that fantasy, but, you know, dreaming means fantasizing in order to avoid confronting the real. But what happens when the dream becomes too traumatic? That's the real is that traumatic kernel. And like, you know, how do you sleepwalk? How do you navigate around your house when you're fast asleep? Because there is reality in your dream, but, you know. If your dream becomes horrific, if your house sets on fire while you're sleepwalking around and then you're, it reproduces it in your dream somehow and you start melting or something, then you wake up, not because the house is on fire, but because the dream became too traumatic and you went to the reality to escape the real, <laughs> right? And that's I saying, I, I don't know how to line this up here. Wokeness is the, I don't know what the, what's the thing here? Being woke is like being asleep. And then being asleep, the dream of the wokeness in the sleeping state. Like, I, I don't know how to fucking square it all up. Someone else, someone who's better with this stuff's got to do it for me.
1: <laughs> Pills? No, he's just say- being, being overly concerned with the, the discourse around it and cowing doctors and having professors have their, their seminars canceled. Dealing with this is easier. And I think dealing with whatever he calls real traumas, as if uh, those people aren't dealing with real traumas. I
2: think you're probably right that you're right that Zizek's doing the same thing in a way. So, like, I think you're right that, but I still think that that doesn't mean that the point he's making is wrong. He's still participating in it, though. I do just want to say quickly, Pills, I'm sorry for calling you anti intellectual. You just said something that triggered me there, which is when people say we shouldn't talk about things when they affect real people's lives and i think i I didn't take that as an insult i got interested in philosophy because you actually
1: intellectual on that point
2: okay okay well in any case i still don't think that you're actually anti-intellectual i just think that the reason i got interested in philosophy is because you get to actually debate questions that matter to people that's what makes it good and interesting so i just get very triggered when people say things that sound like well for this thing we're not allowed to do it and i'm like uh
1: Like, without these cherry-picked examples, without this article, without this entire article, if we just took the last paragraph and applied it to land acknowledgements, which we've talked about before on this show as just being the absolutely most stupid, useless, and almost insulting practices. Yes. People feel good. We did a land acknowledgement before our lecture. I have a land acknowledgement in my fucking gym like that i that i pay $80 a month to go I think into that's what so like if that were the if that were the issue at issue here then yes i'm all for it but if you're going to start it off the way that he started it off minimizing and then misrepresenting of all things medical access which is just the most basic material condition you could ask for you kind of lose sight of
2: the rest of the point
1: Land acknowledgements
0: are wokeness. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing here. You can make the same structurally similar argument. The land acknowledgement is the real, like, you know, the, the stealing of land is the realities that we confront ourselves with so we can go on ignoring the true roots and depth of our racial and sexual traumas. It's structurally the same thing. It's like, you know, land acknowledgement effectually effectively stands for its opposite. You know, the land is this land is our land, right? Like it's it's not giving anything back. It's not land back. It's not reparations. It's not reconciliation. It's just a fucking it's just a gesture not improving on the the material of conditions of as is painting it in this article. It's the same as wokeness. Land acknowledgment is wokeness. While we're putting everything under wokeness as Žižek is doing here, black issues, trans issues, prison issues, issues with with um, you know, drugs and clinics, all all social justice is now just being rebranded wokeness. I don't think that's a helpful part about this argument and he could have more historical attention to what wokeness is and where it came from (laughs) instead of just sort of accepting the terms of the fucking culture war debate that's going on
2: right now because that's not what wokeness is it's changed over time I think I think I think if I was I know we Eric and I've been pretty generous to Jack I think like stating the point I feel like He's trying to like I personally don't think that he and this is maybe I'm just projecting my own feelings about it, like how I feel, which is that, you know, I don't think that he has any problems with trans people accessing their health care or um, a lot of these things as much as it's just noticing the backlash or the way or kind of like the emotional reaction to certain kinds of question raising that happens or kind of maybe it's not so much. Right. So, like, I think there's a way in which let me see if I can say this more clearly. I think there's a way in which you can agree with a position that is dogmatically presented, but disagree with the fact that it's dogmatic. And I sort of feel that's the way I sort of feel. It's like I agree with with uh, trans rights, but I don't like the way it's sometimes dogmatically presented. And I think I feel that way. And I feel like wokeness is in general, whatever people think about wokeness is generally a bunch of shit that I actually agree with from a justice perspective, but hate the way that it gets taken up in this kind of dogmatic structure that then has these kinds of weird contradictory demands. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of a nice point he made a little earlier about the
0: difference in form between the, the workshop and the seminar. I, I really don't get this example and why you chose those words but okay yeah one of them the seminar you're supposed to be open-minded work with the text the meaning emerges slowly over time but when you're in the workshop i guess i don't know he doesn't really clarify that it's like there's a dogma in place yeah (laughs) yeah there's there's an implicit dogma in place and if anybody goes strays from that accepted but unspoken dogma, you are hurting somebody. You are harming. You are you you are labeled. You know whatever anti this, anti that, and he said that's the bad. Those are the formal opposites, right? Like the one is is is
2: yeah, dialectical, and the other one is exactly dogmatic, prescriptive. It's hard to be. It's also really hard. And this is, I think, the trap that he's fallen into here. Even though, and I do actually think that some of the rhetoric he chose is unfortunate, as I've already said. But the trouble is just that it's really hard to actually present yourself in a way that people see what you're doing. When you say, I don't agree with the dogma, it's very easy for people to think, oh, that means you don't agree with the actual underlying thing that the dogma is pushing. It's really hard for people to do that. And, you know, I think off air, Pills has kind of jokingly, but maybe not so jokingly been like, well, there are only two positions that exist in the spectacle, it's like you can't have this position in the middle where you're kind of against the the dogma, but for the point. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I may maybe in the in the in the spectacle. It is impossible. And I'm going to be heard as just being anti trans or whatever in this because. But when really I'm just anti dogma. I mean, it's a hair. It's a hair that needs splitting, maybe
0: accepting dogmatic claims like I don't that's know. what I'm fucking interested in doing as an academic splitting hairs. The dogma is the religious angle right like if he's i mean that's a dangerous paragraph the one where he seems to equate feminism with some kind of religious fundamentalism and that's why the feminists stuck up for the muslim students oh yeah who Oof. Are, uh, like oh that yeah exactly that's a little bit you know wokeness draws on our reserves of religious strength you know i mean that's that's an old you know okay like Critique of religion, you know, Hegel, Marx critique, criticize religion. Now religion is just like bad for all time. I don't know what's, what's so bad about something that can tap into our like deeper religious (laughs) urges as human beings seem to have, I don't see, I don't know. And then just, yeah, that, that just seems dangerous to me to say like, yeah, these, like the feminists are are also like (laughs) feminism is also a secularized religious dogma. Like, I, I don't know. There are some questions I'd like to ask. <laughs> then, then he gets to the point: wokeness, secularized religious dogma, with all the contradictions this implied. I don't buy into the, you know, find religion and critique it wherever it f- you find find the religious impulse and stomp on it wherever you find it kind of approach. Well, that's
2: why I that's why I prefer to t- I prefer to use the t- the word dogma. As opposed to religion.
0: Yeah, like we all know, like, yeah, capitalism is, 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 as a religion. Yeah. Walter Benjamin. I like that. (laughs) Money is, money is the God
2: in all this. What have we learned here? I guess I was was surprised by how, uh, how much, I don't know, uh, how much Pills was against the article and how much Eric was, you know, kind of calling for a bit of a defense of what the article is saying. That was a bit surprising to me.
0: Yeah, I didn't even – I don't know. I didn't even get to whether I agree or disagree with what he's saying. I mentioned a few f- issues with his framing and some implications that I thought might be a little problematic. But otherwise, I was just yeah, you know, mostly surprised on how differently we read it. Yeah, I thought I was going to swoop in here with a clear-headed reading, you know <laughs> – you know, thesis I mean, point one I... evidence point two evidence boom conclusion done. But we had very very different perceptions of what was going on in this article, and that's. A...
1: And I could see why you would do that, but, uh, you know, the hermeneutic circle. I mean, I... Nothing exists in a vacuum. This was in written, written intentionally to be interpreted this way. We didn't even
2: talk about the. And uh, we didn't even talk about the publication itself. Compact. I saw that, which is another kind of like dumb critique. Even though I am suspicious yeah, of Yeah, the they want everyone's Compact,
1: voices to be
2: heard. But everyone's kind of pointing at, well, Compact's a reactionary.
0: Oh, and this was an article framed as a response to an earlier article on Guess which website, Compact, and guess yeah. what happens when you click on that article? It's behind a fucking paywall you can't see the article that Žižek is talking to. <laughs> because you have to pay Compact to see it or subscribe, I don't know, maybe it's a free subscription, I didn't check. But this one was free. I clicked on it and the article was there. I click on this one that this article is supposedly replying to. A heavy hitter replying to a previous article and the same thing. A little bit of self-serving shit going on here. Expected, I guess, but that's the frame. That's the framework. That's that's the edge of the vacuum. That's the bag of the vacuum. I don't yeah. know. how is that a good metaphor? Yeah. This <laughs> is a compact
2: article. That's... <laughs> that's whatever they did it worked yeah we should we should wrap though i I, they're the devil and this is the dirt could we could we do this as like maybe a patreon episode and then we could see if people get mad at us
1: and then we could release (laughs) it to the public based on that based on the patreon reaction we owe the public an episode but what what happened to all your intellectual free-floating integrity i thought you were just being intellectually honest I don't know. i'm trying Apparently, to be it's an attempt
2: at never... it. being intellectually honest is never achieved it's always an attempt
0: you never know what you've said until a bunch of angry people interpret what you're saying
1: well it was a hot one in any case uh thank you for listening to PillPod 113 more on the patreon and uh yeah later from us